Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything, life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. Uh, today's episode of The Surge Effect, we're going to be talking about the IRS whistleblowers that were in the House the other day uh, testifying um, against Hunter Biden and, of course, all the goings-on in his life. But before we get started, I'm just going to mention two of my sponsors and then move on with the podcast. Our first sponsor of today is Love My Legs on Sound Gray Bruce. Love My Legs allows you to strut with confidence. They offer three styles of waistbands for comfort and wearability. They are the only lifetime guarantee in the industry. So for more information, just click on their link below. I'll have it in the uh, description below. Uh, click on it, go right to their webpage on Facebook and check out what they have to offer. Our second sponsor today is He Shirts, She Shirts. He Shirts, She Shirts, head on over to he shirts, she shirts .ca and check out what they have to offer. They are more than just a clothing company. All right, so like I said, as uh, we're going to get started, um, uh, the very first video that I'm, I'm going to show you today is uh, one you may or may not have seen, and it is of Joe Biden. Joe Biden was talking about uh, millionaires and billionaires paying their fair share, and uh, hey, this is what he had to say. I want everyone to be able to, if they want to be a millionaire or billionaire, to be able to seek their goal. But all I'm asking is, pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. And right now, many of them are paying virtually nothing. Wow. He said, pay your fair share, like, three times. Three times. And he said, most people are paying virtually nothing. Interesting, considering that the whistleblower, uh, what's going on right now with the uh, whistleblower's um, course testimony in the House. So this next um, little video is just a little quick synopsis of what's happening with the Bidens, and uh, things aren't looking too good for them right now, and uh, I'll let this little video speak for itself. A bombshell FBI informant file containing a $10 million bribery allegation against President Biden and his son was released Thursday. Mikola Slojewski, the owner of a natural gas company, Burisma Holdings, told the FBI informant in 2016 while meeting at a coffee shop in Vienna that it cost $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to another Biden, according to a redacted FD-1023 form. Slojewski allegedly claimed to have 17 recordings of conversations with the Bidens two of which involved Joe, as well as many text messages and documents that are understood to be financial records of payments to the Bidens. All right, so with that little clip, let's uh, get right into the uh, testimony of the whistleblowers. And the first uh, person who's going to be talking is uh, James Comer. He's the, um, he's the head of this uh, committee. And uh, he's going to start asking the questions right off the bat. So let's. Uh, and he also brings up the 1023 form, which is a federal, this federal form that the uh, that they were just talking about that mentions the Biden making uh, millions of dollars. You all, were you all ever given access to the form 
1023 that alleged Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were a part of a bribery scheme with Ukraine? The, the, the reason I ask that is because that allegation is consistent the way that uh, the oligarch claimed he gave the Bidens the bribe is consistent with what we've seen in Romania and other countries where they set up all these shell companies and then they launder the money uh, through the shell companies back down to bif bif different Biden family members. So I, I wondered if you knew about that form before it became public. So I can speak to that. So in my original transcript, um, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to say that I knew anything about a 1023, but I provided a supplement after I saw open source information from the former Attorney General Bill Barr that said that he saw this, this document and they sent it to Delaware for further investigation and uh, the, 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 the team, as, as far to the best of my knowledge, never saw that document. So the team that was in charge of investigating the Biden family for tax crimes never received the FBI document that alleged Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme? Yeah. For the IRS investigators on the case, the answer is no. Is that, un is that odd? I, I, I mean, everybody knew you were investigating the Bidens for at least tax evasion. Generally speaking, if there's any types of money coming in and there's an, a criminal tax investigation ongoing, I don't see how that inf information could be withheld from the investigators. And I, and I can tell you, and I can pr provide this in my testimony, but like there is things that are contained on that document that could further corroborate other information that we might be having an issue corroborating because it could be regarding a foreign official. So if we have information regarding that in a document or a witness, we can further corroborate later evidence. And like I said, if that's something that we have, we can turn that over to the House Ways and Means Committee. Thank you. Thank you. So that was an interesting little start to this, uh, this hearing. Uh, Mr. Comer asked his first questions. And the next one is going to be, I believe his name is Donalds, uh, from Florida. Mr. Donalds, uh, Byron, um, asking his next set of questions. And let's begin. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, to the witnesses, thank you for being here today. I want to get quite to it because we have a lot to cover. Uh, Mr. Ziegler, you're the, you are the agent that opened up this investigation. Can, um, from your transcript, page 17, what it, what it says is, is that you were investigating a social media company, and through the process of that investigation, you found out that Hunter Biden was paying, was paying potentially four prostitutes in a potential prostitution ring. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. You also say that in the, in the beginning phases of that investigation, reviewing bank reports, that there was evidence that he was living lavishly through his corporate bank account. Is that correct? And when I say him, I mean Hunter Biden. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Question for you, um, and also for Mr. Shapley. Is it, is, it, is it a clear line of potential investigation if somebody is charging up massive living expenses through a corporate account and not doing that through their own personal accounts and not accounting for that properly on their income tax returns? Is that the basis of a criminal investigation? You know, generally speaking, that would definitely be factors that would spur a criminal investigation, yes. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this question. Um, let me ask you this question real quick. So 
there was reference to the WhatsApp, a, a, the WhatsApp text message referring to, and everybody knows it now, hey, I'm sitting here with my dad, tell the chairman to give me my money because I'm, I, we remember, shakedown video. and we're gonna, not going to forget we're the Bidens, and we have or, all these uh, connections, yada, yada, WhatsApp yada. We all, rem we all know text. that text message now. Mr. Ziegler, on page 105 of your testimony, page 105, gentlemen, you state, I know we wanted to get location data because I went to the prosecutors with this and they again came back at me with, well, how do, how do we know that? He could just be lying and claiming that dad, Joe Biden now, that dad was there and dad was not there. Were you allowed to get location data dealing with the WhatsApp text message? So from, from my memory of it and from the, the notes that were taken, I never obtained location data regarding that um, message. Did, um, did, did Ms. Wolf, the AUSA in Delaware, did she say, oh wow, look at this text message, let's figure out, if, let's figure out the location data and see where Hunter Biden was when he sent said message? Was she like excited about this as a prosecutor? So, I mean, when I asked her about the location data, in, in her response right here, it was her responding with, well, how do we know that? It wasn't a, yeah, let's try and figure that out. It was like, well, how do we know that? Well, did she read the text message? Because if I read that text message as a prosecutor, I'm saying, wait a minute, dad is sitting next to him and dad happens to be the now president, then vice president of the United States? Shouldn't we find out where Hunter was when he sent said text message? I mean, that's... I'm not a prosecutor, I'm a finance guy, but that just seemed like common sense to me. Yeah, and I think with the, the previous email that was referenced, 10 held by H for the big guy, now that you have those two things kind of correlating with each other, as a normal process or procedure that we would go through, you would want to figure out, is that information truthful in that WhatsApp message? I totally agree with you, Mrs. Ziegler, which is why I think it is the the view of members on this committee and frankly a lot of Americans at this point that you there are elements at the Department of Justice who did not want this information out who did not want to go down the line of process of actually going through the evidence uh, gathering process to deceive the depths to which this international pay-for-play scheme was cre that was actually happening around Joe Biden going through Hunter Biden um, and all the money that the Biden family was occurring. That's not a question for you. That's just a statement from me. Uh, last question. Through your investigation, how much money did you uncover oh, was coming from Ukraine, Romania, and China? Uh, if you hold on one second, let me reference the... Uh, 17.3 million. 17.3. Okay, so 17.3 million through your investigation, and you are, you and Mr. Shapley, you are the guys that investigate criminal tax evasion on an international scale. Is that correct? That is correct. These gentlemen are the top of the food chain in the IRS. These guys are forensic criminal analysis when it comes to people's finances, and they dug deep, and this is the information they found out. Okay, a uh, question for the chairman. Mr. Chairman, through the investigation of the Oversight Committee, about how much money have we seen come from Ukraine, Ukraine, Romania, and China? Over, oh, over 10 million. Okay, so we have two separate investigations. One done by the investigative branch of the IRS that is charged with doing these types of investigations. These are the people you want doing them, and an independent investigation by the Oversight Committee, and we're coming up with the same amount of money give or take a couple million,
going through the same person in Hunter Biden, and his investigation is slow walked, and we're supposed to sit here and think that Joe Biden knows nothing, I think for the record, Mr. Chairman, uh, that the relevant committee needs to have questions for Leslie Wolf, the AUSA of Delaware, for David Weiss, the, the Attorney General of Delaware, for Lisa Monaco, who is the Deputy Attorney General, and for Merrick Garland himself, the Attorney General of the United States. Because if this action is allowed to occur, and investigations are slow walk with this level of detail, this ain't Donald Trump, y'all. These are facts. I exactly. Facts. So, getting back to what Joe Biden was saying, pay your fair share. $17 million. I hope the hunter paid his fair share for $17 million. Anyway, let's listen to what um, the next uh, congressman has to say. I believe this is Jim Jordan is going to make a statement or he's going to ask some questions. So let's listen to what he has to say. Letter on June 7th, he said, I've been granted ultimate authority over the matter, including responsibility for deciding where, when, and whether to file charges. The quote that the ranking member just put up. Later that same month, he sent me the second letter where he said, no, I don't. No, I don't have that charging authority. So June 7th, he says, I'm the boss. I can do whatever I darn well want, file it wherever I want. And then June 30th, he says, no, I can't. What happened in between those two events? Your testimony went public. Exactly. He goes, oh, my goodness, I got to change my story because now the truth's coming out. And it sounds like in this investigation to me, Mr. Shapley, that the prosecutors and the investigators were in agreement for most of the investigation. And then we get to October of 2022. I see Mr. Ziegler nodding his head. And that meeting is where David Weiss told you something. Is that right, Mr. Shapley? Yes. What did he say? Can you put your mic on there? What did he say? Yes, he told me he was not the deciding person on whether or not charges were filed. He told us that a uh, D.C. U.S. attorney had declined to allow charges. He told us that he had requested special counsel authority from Maine DOJ and denied that and authority. And was denied. That's correct. Were you, the, were you the only guy in that meeting? I was not. How many other people were there? There were seven total people, including me. You and Mr. Weiss and, and five others, right? That's correct. And uh, did any of them, have any of them come forward and say what you just said is not true? They have not. No one has, right? That is no correct. One is, no one has disputed, refuted, no one said you, what you said is not true. That's and did correct. you memorialize what took place in that meeting? Did you memorialize that? Yes, I did. That day when I returned home from the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, I, I put it in an email to the two senior executives at my agency. You put it in an email that day. That's Contemporaneous correct. when it happened. I got the email here. It's Exhibit 10 in your testimony when you were interviewed by the Ways and Means Committee, October 7th, Friday, after, Friday evening, 6.09 p.m. That email, right? That's correct. Sent to Mr. Walden and Mr. Batdorf. Who are those individuals? Uh, uh, Mike Batdorf is the Director of Field Operations for Southern Division of IRCI, and Darrell Walden was the uh, Special Agent in Charge of the Washington, D.C. Field Office. These are your bosses, right? That's correct. Did Mr. Walden get back to you? Yes, he did. Remember what he said? He said, thanks, Gary, you covered it all. You covered it all. He didn't say, thanks, Gary, but you're wrong. That's not what happened. He affirmed what you said. You covered it all, and you laid it out. You spelled out just what you told me a few minutes ago, right? That's correct. What Mr. Weiss told you in that meeting. Yes. And when that goes public on June 22nd, last month, Mr. Weiss says, oh, I got to change my story. I better send a letter to the, the, the Judiciary Committee where he says, I stand by what I wrote, but I wish to expand. I wish to fix it. And then he had to further go, uh, go further in July when he talked to, when he sent a letter to Senator Graham and said, to clarify again, they've changed their story. You guys haven't. 
What do you think happened? What do you think? Mr. Weiss was consistent with the investigators up until this October 7th meeting, and then he changed. What do you think happened, Mr. Shapley? I mean, I don't know, I don't know what uh, happened internal at Department of Justice, but uh, what I can say is that, um, is that the story has been changing uh, from Department of Justice and U.S. Attorney Weiss, and uh, I think it, the only person that's really had any documents that have been corroborated are my own. Exactly. I think what happened. I think it's obvious. Anyone with common sense can see what happened, because he said it in Mr. Graham's letter. He said, I had discussions with Maine Justice. I had discussions with the folks, the big, the Deputy Attorney General, the attorney, whoever it was, I don't know, but he had discussions with the people at Maine Justice, and suddenly things change. And that all became evident on October 7th. And until October 7th, the investigators, to Mr. Raskin's point, the investigators and the prosecutors, they were in agreement. Here are the facts. Here's how we do it. Here's how we've always done it. We got the two best agents in the place on the case. Let's go. And then shazam, something changes. And I think it's what Mr. Weiss conveyed to Senator Graham when he said, I had discussions with folks at Maine Justice. We don't know what were in those discussions, but it looks pretty obvious what happened. Looks pretty obvious. They, initially, everyone was pounding their chest. David Weiss has complete authority. Now, suddenly, he doesn't. He doesn't because you guys came forward exactly. and told the truth. I yield back. It's because those two guys came forward and, and spoke the truth, and that guy changed his story. That's what that whole clip was about right there. All right, so the very last clip I'm going to show you here is uh, Jason Smith. And, uh, uh, Jason the ways Smith, me he... Uh, throws down some accusations and uh, asks a few questions. So listen to what he has to say. It's quite shocking. We're almost done. The committee is charged with ensuring that the tax code is enforced fairly. Clearly, the president only believes in making, making taxpayers pay their fair share if they don't share his last name. These two courageous whistleblowers provided my committee with devastating testimony showing that the government is not treating all taxpayers equally and the That's DOJ and the IRS gave preferential treatment to the president's son during a criminal investigation into his taxes. These individuals in front of us today are credible and set for nearly 15 hours of interviews with both Republicans and Democrats. I personally took part in the interview with Mr. Ziegler. Here's what we learned from the interviewees. The IRS recommended multiple, the IRS recommended multiple felony charges against Hunter Biden for tax years 2014 through 2019, relating to at least 8.3 million in income from foreign companies, including one based in and including companies based in China, Romania, and Ukraine. And that is the only amount discovered despite the roadblocks and obstruction their investigation faced. The Department of Justice engaged in a campaign to delay, divulge, and deny that investigation. They delayed investigators for years, leading to the expiration of the statute of limitations for many of the crimes involved. They divulged key investigative details to Biden's attorneys and even the president's transition team. And they denied investigators the ability to authenticate evidence, serve warrants, question witnesses, and bring charges. This led to Hunter Biden's sweetheart agreement 
announced five years after the investigation started, but mere days before my committee voted to publicly release this testimony. Would Americans in my congressional district or any other congressional district ever receive this same treatment? Nope. After raising their concerns internally at the IRS, these whistleblowers were discouraged and demoralized and turned to Congress as a last resort. They bravely reported wrongdoing to us. And what have President Biden's allies, including Hunter Biden's lawyers, done? They've responded with a vicious, a vicious smear campaign to discredit these whistleblowers and discourage others from coming forward and may have even coordinated with the White House on this effort. This is a disgrace. I urge any IRS employee watching today, if you know of misconduct, please come to the Ways and Means Committee so we can hold accountable those who are responsible. And let me be clear, there will be zero tolerance for any retaliation against whistleblowers by DOJ and the IRS. The American people expect answers about whether the federal government is treating all taxpayers equally or if the wealthy and politically connected get special treatment. Our committees are working together to get to the bottom of this abuse of power and will work tirelessly to do so and to make sure it doesn't ever happen again. Americans should not have to accept two tiers of justice in this country. One, if your last name is Biden, and one for everybody else. I want to thank both whistleblowers for coming forward publicly and for your testimony. Once again, it's, it's like the old saying goes, right? The closer you get to the target, the more they fire back. And this is what's occurring right now. These people are... are uh, all these whistleblowers, uh, they're getting the Bidens, they're getting them pushed into a corner with all this information that's coming forward, all this factual information, all the money laundering, all this stuff that's going on and all these shell companies. And they're getting a lot of blowback. All these guys, these people that are just doing their patriotic duty are getting a blowback. And uh, that's kind of disgusting as far as I'm concerned when they're trying to do the right thing and they're getting uh, raked over the coals for it. But uh, once again, like I've said before, if this was Trump, holy shit, if this was Trump, he'd already be in prison because the first the first thing they had on him, they'd, psh, that'd be it. He'd be gone. But uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's for another day. Anyway, after all this transpired, um, the I believe it was that night or the next morning, um, Kevin McCarthy got together with the uh, with the um, reporters and the news people. And, of course, they never even covered any of this. And uh, I played this on my podcast the other day, and I told you I was going to do this IRS today. So here's just a little bit of that. I'm just going to play a little bit, and then I'll um, have Kevin McCarthy uh, talking about this IRS stuff. Just listen listen to how pissed off he is. He said Donald Trump shares some responsibility for the attack on the Capitol. If he's found criminally responsible, will he respect the results? He, he's not, I don't see how he could be found criminally responsible. He would not charge it. Well, what criminal activity did he do? He told people to be peaceful. Um, I just find this, if you, this is what you ask me about when we have a hearing going on where we have three committees in a hearing, where you have two IRS whistleblowers. Have you watched any of that hearing? Yes. Do you think oh. those whistleblowers are credible? Do you think those IRS agents that have committed themselves to work for the IRS agents, 
that have risked their own attacks to come forward. They are credible individuals. Would you believe that? Have you heard what they have said? That here we have the Biden Inc. family being treated different than the entire country. That when these IRS agents went to an FBI agent, that they were going to come to interview Hunter Biden. How was he treated? He was treated different than every other American. He was warned ahead of time so they wouldn't be there. The FBI told them. You know where else they went? They told the inaugural committee. Why would they reach out to the inaugural committee? That's just the Biden individuals planning for an inaugural. Why would they reach out and tell his attorneys of a location the attorneys don't even know of Hunter Biden's own documents so he could be there before? But today when I listened to this hearing that had oversight, had judiciary, and had ways and means, we now find out not just how it's treated, but more than 20 shell companies were created. Not 20. when 20. Vice President Biden had left office, 20. but when Vice President Biden became Vice President. Then we found out 16 of the 17 payments from Romania paid through shell companies to the Bidens took place while he was Vice President. I wanted to raise that because I don't hear anybody asking those questions when you'll I know never, the rest. You'll never see this in mainstream media or MSN or CNN or nothing like that because they won't cover it, period. But once again, if this was Trump, they'd be on this 24-7. You have to admit it. It's a fact, right? It's, it's a fact. Of America is wondering what's going on here. Yes, go right ahead. You know, I can't believe that the uh, what these reporters or uh, so-called journalists um, what they're doing. I have no idea, but they're not covering shit. They're not like back in the Walter Cronkite days, you know, when they're just dropping out stories and telling it like it is. No, they're telling it the way they want to tell it. And they're and they're giving their opinion about other stuff that has nothing to do with what's going down right now. And like I said, these are the types of things you will never see on mainstream media. You'd be shocked, right, that you don't see the stuff on mainstream media. Because I know people who have never seen the stuff I'm showing you and stuff I've showed in the past, they've never seen on mainstream media. Family members, never seen the stuff on mainstream media. But it's on the Internet, but it's never covered by, like I said, CNN, MSNBC, Morning Joe, and all these other, you know, uh, places that give their opinion. It's never covered, ever. But um, anyway, that's where we're at with um, with the uh, journalists in this country and in the um, uh, in the United States of America as well. It's 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 quite sad that they don't do their job. That's what they went to school for, and that, you know they work for these companies, but they just don't do it. Anyway, with that being said, I'm going to pull the pin on this podcast for today. And my next podcast, I'm going to cover what transpired uh, with um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. when he was at a hearing the other day um, about censorship. And uh, they literally tried to censor him at a censorship meeting. That's correct. You heard that right. Anyway, that'll be my next podcast. And um, anyway, I'd just like to thank everyone for their subscriptions to my channel. Uh, liking my channel, it's much appreciated. If you haven't already subscribed to my channel, please subscribe and like my channel. It helps with the algorithm with YouTube. Uh, speaking of YouTube, I'm also 
available on Rumble. Everything that goes to YouTube goes to Rumble.com. Just go to Rumble.com, type in The Surge Effect, and you will see my channel. I'm also available on any uh, iTunes or any, sorry, Apple product or Android product, um, any app that you want to listen to a podcast, I'm available on that as well. It's through Podbean. I dump all my stuff in Podbean. You can find me on Podbean as well. Uh, you can listen to me on their app. And uh, I'm on everything, everything else as well. Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I try to cover all the social media. So I'm out there and you can you can find what I'm saying. You can find what, what I'm posting. Uh, like I said, much appreciated everyone has done so far. And please... You know, don't forget to comment down below. Let me know what you think of this, uh, of this particular podcast, and spread the word. Uh, much appreciated uh, for everyone that does that as well. So until next time, everyone, please have yourself a great day. Until next time, cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsshishirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.